Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, go to PCAPaintEd.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all you non-members out there, sign up for our free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the Apple Store and Google Play. This episode is sponsored by Bear Pro and PPG. You do not need to be a martyr in starting a company. Utilize the resource around you, get plugged in. Uh, I think attending PCA events are some of the best ways to shortcut climbing the mountain. Welcome to PCA Today. I'm Prithvi Rakhiani, your digital project manager. And I'm also Chad Shermer, creative director, uh, because Chad's not here today. He's out on uncle leave and has left me with a very important task, the very, some would say, presidential task of hosting the most popular podcast of our generation and other generations. And if I mess up, I could possibly lose my job. So I am very nervous, but you can't tell because I'm, I'm crystal cool. They call me Cool Prithvi. So ready to go. In today's PCA today, we have a very good interview with Jason Paris lined up. But before we get to that, we need to take care of some housekeeping. First up, Expo. And I know that uh, PCA Today normally uh, goes live or, or launches, is uploaded every two weeks. And I know that this is a bit after our scheduled release date, but I can't stress enough how much we have, all the entire PCA team here has been working tirelessly on everything Expo. We're on Expo mode, as our HR manager likes to call it. And uh, we're go, 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 making sure everything is ready, the website, our upcoming app, spoiler alert, hotel information, sessions, et cetera. So this is something I'm looking forward to very much so. Uh, I think half of it is just exciting because it's my first expo and half of it is because it'll be less stressful for me, but excited for expo. But just a reminder to everyone, expo is in Orlando, Florida, March 2 to March 4. And uh, this is important. Chad has mentioned a couple times how we, he has been to Florida recently and the traffic is just bananas and this take this from someone who is from Panama and I have seen traffic at its peak. I went to LA for um, Christmas, New Year's, etc. and everyone warned me about the traffic. It's not it's nothing compared to Panama traffic. And being someone who has been in traffic for three, four, five hours, Orlando traffic is bad. So I strongly recommend everyone stays at the hotel if possible. And if you are staying at the hotel and haven't booked your rooms yet, um, we have a special room block rate that is available until February the 4th. You get special discounts or special rates if you book before Feb the 4th. And I know that's very soon. So good thing you're listening to this first thing in the morning because you want to take advantage of that if you're staying at the hotel. There are a few new additions to the website. Um, first up, as promised in previous PCA Todays, the entire session list or schedule for Expo is now live on the website. You can access it on PCA Painted org slash expo and then check out the menu items there's trade information booth information scheduled information which is so important because you can finally if i'm a planner i like sort of making itinerary before getting somewhere because i i'm terrible at winging it um though so i think this me right now hosting this is totally winging it but anyway i love i love making an itinerary for places before getting there. And the fact that the schedule is up gives you the time or the opportunity to sort of make that list as to what session you want to attend, what do you want to do at what time, because since there are many sessions, it's an it's action-packed couple days. And uh, there's many sessions that sort of are the same time as others. And you obviously can't be at, in two places at once. And if you can't, please do tell me how. But this will give you an opportunity to sort of plan what's more important to you, what's more important to your business, what's more important to your employees, your coworkers, to sort of plan your days ahead. So strongly suggest you take a look at that whenever you can. Another thing that's live on the website is Expo Scholarships. And now this is something I just very recently added on the website. It's on our pricing page all the way at the end. And we have a total of 15 Expo Scholarships that include full registration. And uh, there's obviously instructions on how you can participate and, and what information to submit. I won't get go too into detail on that because it is on the website. If you're someone who could use one, um, I strongly recommend checking that out because this is fresh. This is brand new and you could definitely be deserving and even awarded a scholarship to visit Expo. Speaking of scholarships, the deadline for the Education Foundation scholarship has actually been extended to February 15th. And that's 
obviously all very exciting stuff. To access this, the form, and more information, feel free to visit pcaeducationfoundation.org slash scholarships to find out more. And now, without further ado, let's cut to the interview with Jason Paris. Welcome to PCA Today, Jason. It's so great to see you again. Thanks for having me, man. Awesome. I know that we did a business anatomy with you not too long ago, and that's out for everyone to check out on PCA Overdrive. But for everyone who hasn't seen it yet, and I recommend that you do, give everyone a little sneak peek into your background and how you got involved in the painting industry. It started out as a summer job in college. So I went online and searched for college summer jobs and painting was up near the top. And uh, after that, it evolved into uh really my, my next step after entering the corporate world. So I graduated with an economics degree, worked in corporate America for 13 months. And the conversation I had with my wife was, honey, <laughs> sweetie, uh, I, am, I know what it's like to work hard. Right now, I'm working a nine to five. I'm realistically working maybe four hours a day. There's a lot of moving papers around your desk and water cooler talk, things like that. I'm used to 16 hour days where I'm exhausted at the end of the day. Right now I'm getting to the end of my day and I'm not exhausted, but I am drained. And, uh, I want to be excited about the next day. I'm not excited about the next day. I can go through the motions and we appreciate the spate, the steady paycheck and the stability and all those things. But I just had that entrepreneurial drive. Uh, I wanted to go make something happen. I had too much passion. Uh, that was in my current role that, that my current role was able to, to, uh, take on. And I wanted to start my own business once again. And so that's what I did as I left that fortune 500 company. Uh, started with a paintbrush and a dream, as I like to say, and then uh, just grew it one gallon at a time. Was it challenging to jump from that office desk job back into, quote unquote, the real world? Or was it like a smooth transition for you? I mean, there was different parts of that transition. Uh, for an, from an excitement level, it was, I think, feel like the excitement and the passion overwhelmed every difficulty of transition if that makes sense. <clears throat> so running a small business, jumping in the trades, being a problem solver, being an opportunist, uh, those had so much energy and so much passion behind them that uh, it just overwhelmed everything else. Now, it's super hard to start up a company. Uh, and at times it's not fun. And you have to have a very, very strong why and a good supporting staff around you, uh, emotional support, you know, everything. So it was certainly very, very difficult. Um, there are times where the comfort of a nine to five is always looming out there. Um, but if it's just not an option for you, then it's a little easier to stick through. And so you were doing your business, chugging along, and then you had heard about the PCA um, through other contractors or how did you hear about the organization? Yeah. So there were some painting contractors here locally that I looked up to and I saw the PCA logo on their uh, estimate packets or something like that. And I said, wow, that looks legitimate. I would like to be legitimate. And, uh, so I just, I, I signed up just so I could put the logo on my proposal packet. And, uh, it made me feel like I was, you know, legit and, uh, or at least gave me the confidence to feel that way. That's really how I started with the PCA. And then I would always get the emails with all the content and things to look into. And I'm like, that seems like really, really good stuff. I don't have any time to deal with this right now, but I will look at this when I'm, when I'm slow, right? When I'm slow. And I did that for years uh, where I was a member, but I wasn't really taking advantage of all the content and all the learning that was available to me. And uh, eventually I went to my first event. And so it was a uh, forum event in Chicago and went there, got to meet people, made that connection. And it finally clicked of, okay, I need to, you know, quit thinking around I need to dive in. I need to make the time and take advantage of all the resources that are available to me. You did that. <laughs> and then you slowly <laughs> began to grow into a leadership position. What was that like? And kind of give us your path to your current role as chair. I mean, part of it was just making myself available and being very, very curious. And so um, I would talk to different PCA staff and if they wanted a moderator or an expert for something, I was happy to volunteer and contribute. Um, it was meeting other painting contractors and seeing what they were up to. And many of them were PCA contractors, at least the industry leaders were. So making myself visible, being willing to volunteer. And then I think a lot of it was right place, right time. And uh, I got a call one day and somebody asked if I would be willing to serve on the board of the PCA. 
And I'm like, what is that? What does that mean? I've never heard of a board before. I've never been on a board before. And uh, I said, yes, and, and got exposed to a lot of really, really cool things. And so I'll just give a plug. The PCA board is an awesome place to network and meet people and get exposed to concepts and businesses and thought leaders that really expand your horizons, or at least have expanded mine. Um, fast forward to today, I am fortunate to serve as the chair of the PCA. And what that means is that I work with our operations team, basically take the vision of the board and talk to the executive director and make sure that it gets seen all the way through. Um, I also serve the board. And so it's my job to pull the most out of all the uh, directors that serve on there, run the meetings, make sure that they're uh, organized and people are you know, not always yelling at each other. A little bit is healthy. And uh, then there's quite a few things like this where I'm on a podcast or the voice of something and help to push out that message that the, the PCA carries. And, you know, I, it's very important that we highlight, you know, the, the giving back portion of being part of PCA yeah. because so, so many times a lot of people will say, well, what's in it for me? What does membership get me? You do get all yeah. of that, but you also have the opportunity to help others. And that is something that I think is unique to this industry. And as we go through the conversation about the business training and all of that type of stuff that we have coming out, it's all about helping each other so that we can take shortcuts to the top of the mountain, right? But Jason, tell us what is the ROI that you have seen in PCA membership? I don't know if even ROI is the right word. It just gets you to play in a different pond or get to scale up to a different mountain. Um, but yeah, I mean, membership is subsidized by all the major paint manufacturers, as well as a handful of industry partners, uh, because they want to see businesses do better. Uh, it's in everybody's best interest to raise the standard of the industry. And so we're able to offer what, what would in economics be called a, a consumer surplus of value uh, at a very subsidized cost. And um, I mean, the ROI has been your mind is expanded, you're motivated, you're introduced to new concepts and new people. You do not, you do not have to martyr yourself to learn uh, business concepts or particularly like painting specific uh, issues and solutions. You can tap into the wealth of knowledge of those who have gone before you. And the PCA has a really cool ecosystem of those who are new and want to learn and want to pick up information and, and pull things out. And then you have those that have been around for a while, while and they want to contribute and they want to help the next generation. And it doesn't go well unless you have both sides, right? You need the people who are new, who want to draw so that those who are maybe in the next season or a little more mature in their business, have someone to give back to. And, you know, both sides are fulfilled in this PCA ecosystem, uh, which is a really, real fun thing to be a part of. Earlier in the conversation, you talked about, you know, not wanting to be in a company where you're working four hours a day, but you're used to hard work, 16 hours a day. Where do you get this motivation? Where does it come from? I mean, the most simple answer is you need to have your why dialed in. Um, and for me, I certainly have a handful of passions. And, you know, one of those is certainly helping people realize their individual potential. And I mean, there's always the, the cliche scenario where you get to the end of your days and you have to give an account for the talents and treasures that you were given. And uh, I always think through like, what is it that I'm supposed to do uh, on this earth? Right. And you could certainly coast and take a vacation. And those are good things. Those, I mean, no one's against that, but uh, you know, the nightmare scenario is, Hey, I did all these things. That's great. End of your days. There's an audit. It's like, cool. Great. You know, really happy for you. However, I had this plan for you. Right? And by doing this, you're going to impact this person and this life. And this was going to happen to their kids because there's going to be a generational transformation. And uh, that's a big part of what drives me day to day right now is I think a healthy fear of uh, missing out on the impact I'm supposed to have. Um, you know, it's getting less and less of a point of what do I need from people and more of what can I give others. And you know, there's that that healthy tension or that healthy fear of uh, you know, am I doing what I'm called to do? Right. So was this kind of always innate with you or was there a specific moment in your life where you're like, I'm going all in? Um, I'm, I've been a pretty passionate individual for a long time. Uh, another way to phrase it would be obsessive, but I like passionate as a better, better word to use. Um, yeah, that's just my personality is I'm a little, 
intense, a little all in, um, but hopefully that's in a good way. And you know, I think that shines through in my marriage. I think it shines through in how I raise my kids. I think it shines through in you know the intentionality and the relationships I have with my partners. And my hope is that it shines through in how I volunteer at the PCA as well. Um, I want to be very intentional. I'm very passionate about what I do. I have some very strong whys and some very strong roots into uh, what motivates me day in and day out. And my hope is that that is beneficial to those that I have the opportunity to touch. Let everyone know about your position currently as chair and what that looks like and what you do for not just PCA, but the industry as a whole. Yeah. So I currently serve as the chair of the board at the PCA. And that means a couple of different things. One is I help serve and maximize the abilities that the board has. So we have a lot of great people. We have a lot of great people there and I try and get the most out of them, help them contribute and serve the association. I'm also the primary interface between the board and the operations team. And so myself and the executive director uh, have quite a few conversations and um, talk about how to take the strategy from the board and implement that practically on the operations level. And then there's quite a bit of just visibility and discussions and podcasts, things like this, that um, I'm kind of one of the voices that the PCA has to put their message out there. So I'm curious to kind of unpack how PCA has grown, how it's become more professional, how it's modernized since you've been involved, because I know that I've been here for three and a half years now, and I've seen okay. a lot of growth and really um, something that we've built internally that I think the whole staff is proud of. And I just kind of wanted to get your take on how everything has changed and caught up to the 21st century. Yeah. I mean, I'm probably similar timeline to you as far as observations go. So there's a lot that I don't have context on, um, but that I pick up secondhand about the legacy that the PCA has. And there's a very, very strong foundation of uh, giving back volunteerism that the PCA is fortunate to, to build off of. One shift that I've noticed in the last handful of years is moving less from um, maybe a technician focus or um, camaraderie focus to more of business and professionalization. And so what I mean by that is there may have been um, years past where you know the primary drive of the PCA was to meet other painting contractors and commiserate <laughs> to an extent. Now, if you go to expos, there's a lot more business focus. What's our value props? Boom, healthcare, boom, trainer painting, boom, business training, boom, lots of events, boom, lots of content. Like it's immediate. Like, here's your value. Here's your value. Right. Whereas before, I think a lot of people were squinting and like you had to talk through it and it got a little muddy. Uh, so it does feel like it's more of just like publicity and marketing, like just making people aware. Yeah. And now we have a lot, like we have a lot of real good value. I'm very, very excited. And like you said, we have all our value props now. There is no reason not to be part of this organization. Yeah. It's becoming a no brainer where it's just like, you can actually peer pressure people into like, are you stupid? Yeah. Especially if you're a new business owner, man. I'm like, that was a great question. You both asked the question very well, but it's like, no, don't, don't do it on your own. Don't mar I mean, I would, if you're not going to do PCA, join an $8,000 coaching company, a year company, coaching company, right? At least do that. If you can't afford that, <laughs> Hey, here's something for $400. Sherwin Williams, Benjamin Moore, Bear Paint, PPG, and a lot of other business industry partners have underwritten the cost of PCA membership. If they were not underwriting this, we'd probably be about the same price, right? That's what it would cost to break even per member, right? But they don't, but we don't, but they underwrite it so we can offer it for cheap. It's also a nonprofit. So I would say take advantage. This is, this is a very unique and novel thing. Not every industry has an association that is this mature, developed, and well underwritten, right? It's just, it's just not in every industry. So take advantage of it. And Jason, what are some trends that you're seeing as we get into 2022? How is the industry going to continue to professionalize and really be on par with, you know, your quote unquote, you know, white collar jobs? I think, uh, you know, the white collar industries are there. I'd also, to some extent, look to a few of the trades that have already brought professionalization into uh, what they do. 
So I'm looking at the plumbers, I'm looking at the electricians, I'm looking at the roofers, looking at the pest control industry. These are all, you know, some would say pretty blue collar jobs that have gone through their renaissance to an extent already. Uh, painting so far has not, and it's just been a little bit delayed, it looks like. Um, but I think if you're looking at trends, I'll start out. There's some macro trends that have not changed. <clears throat> One of those is the major supply and demand gap for professionalized service. So what I mean by that is there's already a gap between supply and demand. There's more, I'll talk specific painting. There's more painting uh, to be done than there are good painters to do it right? in general, or even just painters to do it. Then you start to segment that out into the demand of professionalized services. So some of the painting that's out there in the market, they actually want it done professionally. They want professional interaction, professional business, professional estimate, professional scheduling, professional follow-up, all those things. And the market cap of businesses that can deliver on that product preference um, is extremely low. And that delta or that gap is very, very high. And that's not changing year over year. If anything, it's been increasing. Uh, now, when you have that much unmet demand, that is a good catalyst for smart business people to come in and make a profit off of an unmet demand. So those are some macro trends that I have not seen change. Um, if anything, they're getting more preferable to the people on our side of the table. Something that I think is changing, which is a little bit the spirit of the PCA over the handful of years, but um, painting contractors desiring less of owning a job and wanting to start owning a business. And there's nothing wrong with owning a job and having a lifestyle business that requires you to play you know, a very, very key role or maybe many roles within your company. Um, but in the conversations I've had with painting contractors, they are interested or excited about building a business that either operates with minimal input um, or they have the discretion to provide as much input as they desire in a season of life while still having something that's uh, healthy and operating. So is this where um, the business training that the PCA is developing kind of comes in to shortcut that path to um, basically creating your own path in the industry and being as hands-on or hands-off as you want as a business owner? Business training is really kind of dovetailing off the success we've had with the painter training, uh, but more for the business side. And it is all kind of set with the trajectory or the path that uh, the business owner may not want to be involved in the day-to-day -day, uh, perpetuity, right? That they would have that option to build a business that could, could generate a distribution or a profit without them. Um, <clears throat> so that's exactly a thought, Chad, of why we're, we're trying to spearhead that is we're seeing this trend in the industry. People are asking, you know, what are the next steps I need to take to build my company, uh, not just build a job where I am the painter or I am the project manager or I am the sales rep. Um, and we thought this was a great introduction to get people um, uh, thinking in that concept, but also to guide them a little bit onto the path. In the early episodes of PCA Today, we spoke a lot about how uh, people are, students, uh, teenagers, young adults are spending tens, hundreds of thousands of dollars in education and sort of just end up drowning in debt, not finding jobs, and how we try to promote that trade work is real work and how it's a more beneficial alternative to many. Um, when you sort of went from college to painting, whether it was while you were at college or after your 13-month corporate role spell, was there any stigma in your time about the painting industry or, oh, he's studied economics and he's not becoming a painter? And if so, how did you deal with that? That is a great question. So I will just tell, I've got a couple of stories. One, I remember uh, it was my first summer painting and I was at the local Target uh, or Target, as we like to call it here in the Twin Cities. And I was picking up like a, a hose or something. And I ran to a gal from high school. And I had my painter whites on. She's like, oh, what are you doing? I'm like, yeah, I started my own painting company. I'm really excited. She's like, oh, that's great. You know, my, my uncle had his own painting company. He was an alcoholic, but it worked for him. I'm like, no, like, this is like a real business. Like I'm going to actually like, but there, so there was that stigma. And I was like, well, okay, obviously it made an impact. I'm talking about it here like 10 years later. So uh, <laughs> it does have an impact on you. There was a stigma I had to fight, but that's something we've all had to fight. I mean, the people that are on my team now, uh, Hoken was our first sales rep and he left, uh, Honeywell. He was a financial analyst at Honeywell and he had to tell his you know, father-in-law, Hey, I'm leaving, uh, 
a very stable corporate job to come join a painting company. I what? Same thing. Our VP of sales now, his name is Micah. He was a director of admissions, had 30 reports reporting up to him at a local university here. And uh, he left that career of higher education to come join a painting company. Huh. Right. I remember I was on Facebook and someone literally commented, so you're leaving higher ed to join a painting company, dot, dot, dot. Huh. Right. Who's laughing now? Uh, but that that's a very common story where, at least in our company, we have either it's a good enough culture or we're good at communicating the vision of what's happening in the trades. We're able to draw top-level talent from traditional industries, and it doesn't always register with everyone around them. So to your point, Prithvi, it is a, there's a stigma out there. If you tell people you're jumping into the trades or the painting contractor in specific, you will face some stigma. Uh, but just know that that stigma is what's generating some of this abundant opportunity. Right? If that stigma wasn't there, you know, you'd have more and more smart and very, very talented and competent people jumping into painting. And there are great people in the industry right now. There is a delta. There's a gap of the demand and the supply of very competent, business-minded, uh, educated, um, driven people in this industry. Yeah, and I think that it's important that you emphasize that over and over again because that huh that people have yeah. is similar to if you say, I'm moving to LA to become an actor, right? And they think that yeah. this is not gonna happen for you. But the fact that, you know, there's the surplus in this industry just it's almost a sure thing. That that huh is what dri is driving the I'll say it one more time because I think it's so important. That stigma is what's driving this abundance of opportunity, right? There's a reason why there's such an amazing opportunity that hasn't been solved yet, right? Part of it is because of social stigma, right? And that, that's a good thing for those that are opportunistic. Uh, I would also say, you know, something that should be a huh is I'm looking to go work at a tech company to start an app. I'm going to Hollywood to become an actor. Right. There are very, very other things that are more stable ways to build a business and generate wealth than a small business in the trades in America, right? Probably the two most stable ways to build uh, stabil financial stability would be real estate, small business in the trades. Neither one of those are like, you're going to brag about that at Thanksgiving, right? They're not sexy things. They're not like, ooh, big moonshots. But if you plot at that for a decade, that's like, I don't know how you screw that up. Personally, I don't know how you would start a painting company have some level of competency, utilizes all the shortcut resources that the PCA now offers and not walk into you know, a multi seven-figure painting business that potentially has the ability to stabilize and, and generate you know, equity wealth. One of the questions I have is, you know, a lot of retail stores are big box stores, like you have Walmart, Target, and whatnot. And I know that in the painting industry, we do have franchise models, um, such as, you know, back in your day when you were in college, the college pro painters, fresh coat painting. Do you think that we would ever see like a mega style, like a Walmart or what have you in the painting industry? I mean, that's a great question, Chad. If I knew the answer, I would uh, be just leveraged up to the gills uh, in all of my prescient uh, abilities. I don't know the future. I can't tell you exactly what's going to happen, but you could cer certainly look at other industries um, that have started to go through, you know, a little bit of a roll up. So I don't know if it'll be a mega thing. This is above my pay grade for sure, but I could see it consolidating considerably. Um, you think about what Starbucks has done uh, or Caribou Coffee as well. And, you know, those are significant roll ups, but still they hold a fraction of the overall market. And so in that sense, the industry has consolidated, but also still hasn't completely. Um, you see a similar thing in farming, but that one is actually starting to become where there's pretty major players involved. Um, but this is nothing new under the sun either. There are holdings companies and whether they're franchise-based or partnership equity-based that are running very, very large operations, oftentimes spreading across multiple um, segments of an industry. Um, these certainly exist. And I think as painting becomes more and more professionalized and that opportunity is a little bit more visible, 
Um, I don't think that's going away. I think if anything, that's going to dive into what we're seeing in painting. Um, I think this will probably dig into a little something. I think as the trigger, I think what the trigger will be for this roll-up or the consolidation is the realization uh, of liquidity from equity that's built. Right now, painting businesses are pretty illiquid assets. Um, meaning that you don't really, re you can't, it's really, it's pretty hard to realize the value that you've created in your business from an equity standpoint. I don't think that's always going to be the case. I think particularly as business owners begin thinking about how to own a business and not just a job that is going to attract potentially venture capital into this industry. Um, and that's some, that, that's some of the gas, uh, that gets poured on the fire that, that initiates a roll up, but to what extent, I mean, I certainly don't know. Uh, there's a lot of things I don't know that I don't have a prescient view on, but um, you know, whether it's a major roll-up or micro roll-ups that have a big impact, you know, you could go online and look at the definitions of what's required. This is a fragmented industry with succession challenges, right? That is definitionally what you look for. So, um, I do cer certainly think that's a future, uh, part of this industry. And the reason I ask is because whenever I was in school, there was a lot of kids that kind of wanted to start businesses, but with the pure intention of get it to a certain point and sell it. And, you know, that's not really a mindset that I've seen amongst, you know, our audience, but I kind of wanted to yeah. unpack if that is an option currently, or if it's something that people could plan for in the future beyond the traditional succession planning. And I think it is going to be right right now. It's not, you don't have many people thinking I'm going to start a painting company to grow equity and uh, to cash out on that equity or sell a majority of it, but hold on to minority passive income. Um, and I don't think that's going to last very long. I think you are going to have businesses start to think more like a business owner and less like a job owner. I think you will see venture capital come in and hold these companies, uh, be willing to buy and trade in these assets. And that liquidity is what I think is going to drive a lot of smart people to dive in, see the opportunity and really scale different businesses to meet that, mar that unmet market demand. All right. Kind of go back to our original conversation. There's a lot of homeowners who desire a professional painting service, but are not able to buy one, right? They're not able to obtain it. And there is just a very, very large gap between the capacity of businesses to meet that demand. Uh, and that is an issue, right? And that's an issue that uh, whoever can solve it or however it gets solved, there's a lot of profit available. And then when you have good profit, if you can make it stable, that's how you create equity and create value. And um, that's part of what I'm passionate about and trying to drive with the PCA is help business owners uh, or help, help the self-employed uh, potentially see that path to business ownership and whether they want to maintain and hold on uh, and ride that stability uh, or they want to sell a majority or minority interest. I think there's going to be plenty of options in the market in these uh, the years, years to come. Okay. So let's kind of do a little dive into the business training and kind of cover the yeah. topics that will be featured in it. And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe that we're going to be launching this at Expo. That's right. So we have all, it's, I, will, I will say that's the launch very confidently uh, at this point, but we have all the filming done. It's all in the, the post-production, but um, we've worked with industry partners uh, as well as industry leaders to really get these master course style um, episodes or courses going. And so you have the foundation of a business. This is your vision, your values, and your strategy. That's really where it all starts. And then we have these different quadrants. There's finance, uh, sales and marketing, operations, and leadership. Those are the, the big kind of topics. You have different courses in between. It's built off of a learning management software. Um, so these are things that you can go in, digest the content, and then really have a guided learning session, almost off of a master's course style uh, content. But you'll see, you know, some of the partners that you are very familiar with at the PCA, as well as some up and coming partners as well. And then you'll see a lot of, uh, you know, tried and true faces in the industry, the industry leaders that we all know and love, uh, as well as a few up and comers that are uh, making some big waves in business also. Uh, you mentioned some broad topics, uh, big topics, big umbrellas. Now, um, because these are launched through PCA, are they going to be focused solely on painting or are you using painting to elaborate these concepts? That's a great question. So these are going to be painting specific, painting focused. Uh, so all the domain experts, as we call them, they're painters, painting business owners, or they're industry partners that are specialized in painting under the PCA umbrella. 
And uh, you mentioned that they're going to be available through the LMS. Uh, will these also have quizzes of sorts, assessments of sorts? Correct. Yep. So a standard LMS, you'll have quizzes, you'll have courses uh, that will help guide you through and get that feedback loop. You know, I've said it before. I've said it on the show about the resources that PCA has is basically an MBA on steroids. If you had this program in place when you started your painting company, how much of a shortcut would that have been for you to get to where you're at now? That is frustrating to think about, Chad. Um, but you know, I think I think the days of martyrdom um, may be coming to somewhat of an end if you choose them to be right. And you, know, you talk to many other painting contractors, and the island that we grew up on uh, before social media exploded, before the PCA made their content easily digestible, and we learned through the hard knocks of life. And that's not a requirement. That's not a necessity. Um, yeah, would have shortcutted quite a few learning curves that I'd say were character building, uh, even though they were not profit generating. Um, but yeah, it shortcuts those learning curves where you can learn from others' experience and others' wisdom instead of having to slowly and painfully acquire that on your own. Today, if you had to start all over again, you just graduated college or you're in college and you want to start your own business, now with the resources you have at your disposal, is there anything you would do differently? Yes, so much, so much. So that's, I'll just say it, I'll keep saying it. You do not need to be a martyr in starting a company. Utilizes the resource around you, get plugged in. Uh, I think attending PCA events are some of the best ways to shortcut climbing the mountain. Um, there are people that have gone before you, like myself, who martyred themselves learning a bunch of lessons the hard way, and you do not have to. So I would not do that again. That was not fun. Um, I mean, th there's a lot of micro things that tie into that Prithvi along like specific tactical things, but I think philosophically, I would just not be a martyr on my own again. And business training is just kind of one piece to the puzzle of PCA's ever evolving ecosystem. Can you speak to a little bit about how we are developing solutions and resources for every part of the trade so that you don't necessarily have to go to college and have $100,000 in student loans, but you could have a rewarding career in the trade, whether you want to be a painter or a business owner. I think you hit it right on the head there, Chad. It's kind of like uh, you want to start out painting and acquire the domain expertise and the skill makes it a lot easier to run a business when you are the domain expert. And so painter training 101, that's where I would recommend people start is learn the craft and learn the craft. Well, uh, ideally get yoked up or hooked up with a PCA, uh, contractor, accredited contractor, because you know what, those are legitimate businesses that will treat you well, which are not that easy to find right now in the painting industry. There's a lot of, uh, bad experiences from employers in the paint industry, that's kind of a cyclical uh, bad deal, right? You have employers that are not great, which then gives the employees a bad bad deal and bad vibe. And then nobody wants to get into painting, which creates more poor employers. And it's just a cyclical bad deal. But if you're starting out at a school or even instead of going to school, uh, post-secondary, you know, start with painter training, learn the basics of the trade, become a domain expert, and then when you're ready to take the step, if you ever want to become self-employed and potentially take the path towards being a business owner, I think painter training to business training is a great, uh, great natural next step. Uh, one of the big things that we're a big advocate about on this show is, you know, promoting the trade in general to the youth, to current people that are involved in the trade. So sell me on why, if I were 16, 17, 18 years old, why should I get in the painting industry? I'd say, don't think, just do it. Trust me. No, I'm kidding. I would tell you uh, this is the, the supply demand gap is, is gigantic. It's a tremendous opportunity. Not everyone's as smart as you are. You have to be a critical thinker to do this because there's still quite a bit of social stigma against being a painting contractor. So, um, you know, if you're 16 and, and you are going to super care about, you know, making people uh, proud or like bright being braggy at Thanksgiving dinner, um, then you might want to get a job as a financial analyst, right? You can sound responsible and smart. People at Thanksgiving will pat you on the back. Um, but if you want to have tremendous freedom, uh, have a great career, a great business, um, potentially generate 
generational wealth, I would recommend starting a business, a small business. And I think one of the best opportunities to create a small business in America today is in the painting industry. It has a very low barrier to entry. Uh, the domain expertise is not overwhelming. You have one of the most mature associations across all of the trades in the Painting Contractors Association, which can really help ramp up your knowledge base very, very fast. Not every industry has that. Uh, I was talking to a gentleman this morning who's in another trade that I won't mention. He said he wanted to come visit our shop. He's like, Jason, there's no associations like you guys have with the PCA. Like, I don't have that. There's nobody willing to share. And I just want to learn how to do business. And if you want to get into painting, the PCA is a very unique entity in its maturity. Uh, it's a low barrier to entry. Uh, it pays very, very well. That supply demand gap is not going away for at least decades. And if you have some business savvy or willing to be trained up in business savvy, you can create not just good income, but a lot of freedom and a lot of equity for yourself. Well, I'm sold. <laughs> okay. Where do I apply? And you can come <laughs> where you apply. You can also come hang out at the events. And this is generally a cool, a cool community of cool people. Um, yeah, man, I'm like, my kids are definitely going to be tradespeople. I don't know if they'll be in painting. Uh, but we had a class of high schoolers visiting our shop last week and, uh, like three of them reached out to me to apply over the weekend. Cause they're like, you guys are so cool. The trades are so cool. Uh, one of them's like working at a butcher shop and he's like, no, this is, this is where you should go. Cause th there's just so many stories of upward mobility too. I mean, there's so many people in our office here that started out as a painter or a pressure washer. And you can move up to be a project manager, an estimator, you know, VP of production, a VP of estimating, or potentially general manage your own division, right? Those opportunities are there in growing businesses. And I don't think those opportunities are going away or at least the next few decades. Right. And then as the businesses continue to professionalize, they're going to have those back office functions, such as marketing, yeah. HR, all of that type of stuff. So if you do have a degree in those fields, you can get into the painting industry and probably make a lot more money than you could starting out in an entry-level job at a corporation. Yeah. Yep. It's the difference between entering a mature market and a fastly growing market, right? And you talked about uh, potential future options and, and to what extent that I don't know, but I, I do believe, and I'm very, I'm stacking my chips on it personally, that there is going to be a roll up and there will be a consolidation. And then you start to have a centralized service model, right? Where it may not sense, may not make sense for there to be, you know, a pure HR role in many painting companies right now. Uh, but as you start to have a roll up, then it does make a lot of sense, especially you start to ladder step the revenue, um, through consolidation of partnerships. So yeah, there's going to be a lot of great roles. I think having some domain expertise certainly helps. That's where I'd recommend people getting in and at least getting educated and getting familiar. Uh, but depending on what your background, um, this is an industry that's going to go through a lot of professionalization and an economy or sorry, an industry that's entering into maturity versus has been in maturity for a while. You're certainly going to see a different pay scale. Uh, and that's going to be on the upside. Jason, we've learned a lot from this interview. We really appreciate you, everything that you do for PCA in the industry. Thank you for coming on PCA today. Awesome. My pleasure, Tad. Thank you. All right. That was our third interview in the bag. You know, I think that people might start comparing us to Oprah Winfrey, legendary. Except unlike Oprah, we can't really give anyone cars or anything. So don't expect that. We can give you content, but not cars. But you know what? We can give you takeaways. So Prithvi, what was one of your takeaways from that interview? Honestly, I've uh, not had too much interaction with Jason Paris in my time at PCA, but whenever I hear him talk, there's just so much passion behind the trade and for what he does, both in his personal endeavors as well as through PCA. And uh, again, I've only been with PCA for about 10 months now, but seeing PCA's trajectory, where they were, where they what what they went through and what they are now like just if i'm being very honest with you chad in the past 10 months that i've been here i personally have witnessed so many changes happen at pca i can't imagine what it was like before i got here and what it'll be like next this year next year and the years to come so just very inspiring to hear him talk as someone who has had sort of that perspective from a pca uh unknown to pca to a pca member to now helping PCA make that change. 
You know, I agree with you 100%, Prithvi. Jason is so inspirational and so linear in the way that he thinks that I really take a lot away from every conversation that I have with him. And this one specifically, the point about not being a martyr, you do not have to do it yourself. You're not going to outwork everyone else to success, but you're going to build teams resources, and systems to get there. And that's why I love this development of business training, because there are no excuses. There is no excuse not to be successful. Yeah. And uh, I one of the questions I asked him was, if he had to start it all over again today, how would he do things differently? And I love that answer where he said, there's so much he would do differently, because now you you don't have to. It's It's it's, a, it's an age-old cliche statement, but you have to work smarter, not harder. There are all these tools and resources and short, shortcuts you can take. Why wouldn't you? If you can step on that ladder to success, why would you just use your hands to climb instead? Um, so climb the mountain, not climb the ladder. But um, yeah, that was, a, that was a very fun interview, and I'm, I'm glad um, I got to be a part of it. Up next, we have my favorite segment, as Chad would say, the PCA articles. And this week, I want to cover PPG's Protect Your Space, Discover the Health and Hygiene Benefits of Antimicrobial Paint. This one was uploaded recently to the website. It's available on our blogs page. Just go to the homepage, scroll all the way down, and you'll see a beautiful slideshow created by yours truly that lists our recent articles. And uh, this article is actually a very fun to post and more fun to read because in our time, day and time, time and day of uh, just trying to be as clean and hygienic and sanitized as possible where we're rubbing surfaces or spraying uh, whatever you call it everywhere all the time i never thought about how paint can also be a very important influencer or protector against certain viruses and bacteria and that's exactly what pbg talks about in this blog post how anti-microbial paint offers that additional layer of protection against viruses and bacteria. And they also go on to talk about their very own product, the PPG Copper Armor, which was actually the first to market in this sort of space. And uh, that's innovation. And it, especially in a time like now, I think this article can be very useful to painters, whether you're in the trade, whether you're painting your home. And uh, I strongly recommend you go read that. Speaking of innovation, I have mentioned in a few PC Today podcasts that I'm not, uh, I've never been in a trade. I've, I've, I don't paint. I've never been a painter. I, I painted in school and I'm pretty sure my teacher hated everything I did. But um, what I am is a tech person. I, I grew up in tech. I went to school for tech. I work in tech. I do tech in my free time. And uh, recently, one of our industry partners, Groundwork, shared a very interesting resource with us called the Ultimate Tech Guide for Contractors. And this is essentially, so how it's structured is you obviously fill out your name, your email, so they can send stuff to you, um, the guide in this case, and it's structured into categories. So say you have project management, you have sales and lead conversion, you have accounting, and the way you do things right now, it works for you, it might not work for you, but there's always a tool or software or an app that can make you do things faster and better. And this is what Groundwork has done through this guide. And so it... For every category, there's a myriad of apps and softwares you've listed that help you speed that process up. And me, PCA is my first experience with trade. Just in my private life, I've used so many of these apps that they have listed in their guide. And for work, I use so many more without even having read the guide. So take it from someone who knows tech or is trying to know tech, this guide will help you do the things you're already doing better, faster, more efficient. So keep an eye out for that. It's going to be listed in our show notes below, but um, it's it's a very good tool to sort of have bookmarked if you ever come across something you do that could be done better. And as always, I'm going to take some time to highlight our member spotlight of the week. This week's shout out goes to BLC Painting. They were actually recently featured in finehomebuilding.com for their complimentary color consulting service which brings a trusted sense of guidance for their customers. So thank you to BLC Painting for tagging us on Instagram and showing us the work you do. We at PCA love seeing when members tag us on their Instagram posts. Uh, just it, it gives us a sense of pride and accomplishment because through our, re we, our resources are produced so that you can do what you do better 
even the best. And it makes us very happy to see people just killing it, just doing a great job. So if you're a PCA member, feel free to tag us on Instagram and we'll be more than happy to feature you on our member spotlight. And before I close this week's PCA today, the last time Chad was in town, this is before his uncle leave, we spoke a bit about the member recruitment drive and happened to film it. But before I get into that clip, uh, if you're not familiar with it, if you're a PCA member, the, the PCA member who recruits the most new members for PCA literally will win an entire pass to Expo for free. And if you're a PCA member who's already attending Expo and you've already paid for Expo, you will get a refund, which is bananas. And uh, other than that, there's also a very fun bag of goodies. And this is what we cover in uh, the clip that's about to come. We have a purdy backpack that he is lifting up. Inside of it, we're going to have a whole bunch of goodies. He has put a few in there, but there's a lot more to come. Go ahead and show the audience what they got. So here you have, I honestly don't know what the equipment is, <laughs> but I'm sure if you're a painter, you understand what this is. It looks to me as if, you know it's what, a, we gotta let the cat out of the bag here, Prithvi. We're actually recording this remotely. We're not in the same area. And I'm just connected to you through FaceTime. And so as you mm -hmm. hold that up, it looks like it's a roller to me. Yeah, it's a professional roller frame. Or if you're a Spanish speaker, Armazón de Rodillo Profesional. Nice. Sounded like a character in Money Heist. You have... A paintbrush. It's a designed for heavy-bodied and low VOC paints. Prithvi, you don't need to go through every item in the bag since you don't know what everything is. But everyone out there know that it's loaded with a whole bunch of goodies that is going to be useful to you and your crew. And without much else to add, it's been really fun hosting this week's PCA today. Hopefully I did a good enough job to keep my job. Um, this Today's uh, podcast, I think, was very fun. The Jason Paris interview was really fun for me, and I hope it's really fun for you too. PPG's article is great. The groundwork resources are great. Again, Expo room block rates are ending real soon. So if you plan on attending Expo and staying at the Hyatt Regency, strongly, strongly encourage you to visit our website, pcapainted.org slash expo to find out all the information. Feel free to leave us a review on podcast apps and follow us on all social media at PCA Social. That'll be all for today. I'm Prithvi Rakhiani. Take care. Killed it. Painted podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and is made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPaintEd.org.